Welcome back to the Masters of Recon podcast, your top automotive refinishing podcast with your hosts, Corey Kleinfeld and Ryan Brewer. Enjoy the show, everyone. Welcome back to the Masters of Recon podcast. Uh, this show, as always, is sponsored by Restore FX, and we have another guest that actually works, owns a center, helps corporate with Restore FX as well. Uh, his name is Ryan K. Ryan, not Ryan Brewer. Today on the show, we will have Brewer and Ryan. Um, he has started at dealerships at 16 years old as a detailer, um, then went to sales, went to school in between there, came back, business finance manager, worked for, I think you rounded off 10 different um, brands. So most of, the, most of the major ones and have basically held, it seemed like when you were telling me just a minute ago, every position there is to hold at a dealership from detailer up to finance, GMs, all, all the things. And then eight years ago, decided to become a vendor himself and started a Restore Effect Center. Um, and the rest is history from there. So welcome to the show, Ryan. What's going on? Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Glad I could be here. It's exciting. I've been enjoying the podcast and I'm looking forward to putting my two cents in on one. Yes, fantastic. For those of you that um, that listened to the what the heck, PDR Coach podcast, um, I actually had Ryan K on a while back too, and that was one of the um, and Ryan Brewer back to back. But those were two of the most popular episodes that I had towards the end there, and um, so we're bringing Ryan back on to share a little bit more specific type of knowledge with you guys. Um, so if you want to just uh, start real quick, you said eight years ago you started Restore FX Center. Uh, why? Well, I've been in the industry for a long time. Uh, you know, I've worked as a salesperson. I've received awards from Honda and Land Rover and Lexus for my sales achievements. Uh, I've been a finance manager for a long time. I started going down the road of, you know, where do you go from here? And the only thing you can do in a car dealership is become a general manager. So I started going down that path. Uh, I got a job as a used car manager, was running a used car department for Lexus for a while where I was introduced to Restore Effects. Um, ended up transferring over to the Volvo in the same company, became a GSM there. Um, and then at that point, I was just, I was looking at how many people actually become a GM and the stress that they go through. And I was just like, you know what, like, there's got to be a better way, man. There's got to be something else I can do. Um, at this point, I had moved out to Vancouver and uh, Alex was personally taking care of my dealership. So I started talking to him and you know, and I was just like, hey, all the connections I have back home in Toronto where I did this for 15 years, I could easily get this going. Like, this is a piece of cake. So uh, back at the time, we used to structure regional sort of distribution rights, which we no longer do. Uh, but I made an agreement to to sort of run Ontario and to treat it like it's my own personal province of business. And I came out here and uh, by the time we rolled into Toronto, I had about $1,000 in my pocket and... Uh, you know, my, everything I own in a trailer behind my truck. And uh, we started doing it out of my parents' garage. And we just kept building and I kept knowing what the vision was and I could see the potential there and just kept going and going. Um, and very quickly, we got to five to six cars a day on average. You know, we're doing about 120, 130 a month. Uh, and then we started catching the attention of other people and selling licenses in Ontario. We now currently have 14 in Ontario. And I'd say out of those 14, you know, every center is profitable. We don't have a center that's struggling dramatically. Um, but out of those 14, I'd say about five to six of them are in the top 15 in North America at this point for volume. You know, we've created a really strong team. Everybody gets along really well. 
some people you guys may know, like Dave Butte and Pete Kierkin and other guys that yep. are just standalone restore effect centers like Adam Lem and TJ Patel. Um, but yeah, these guys, they, they just, they've been an amazing team to work with and I've been very grateful. Uh, and then restore effects international asked me to take this knowledge and my general automotive knowledge because of my experience in the industry and spending years on the other side of a desk from you guys telling you, no, 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 no. Yeah. And start teaching you guys how to get yeses and yeses and yeses. Like what were the <laughs> things that would make me cave over? Right. Like, you know, I know exactly how to get a used car manager to bite into what I'm selling. It's just, you know, getting the conversation to go on long enough that he's like, dang it, you got me. And then you get the car. So I love sharing this knowledge, which is why I was excited to do this podcast with you guys today. Oh, that's fantastic. See, I'm, I'm learning stuff already. Um, you said started yeah. at 16. So, you know, we don't have to tell us how old you are, but how long have you been, have, how long you been around the car business then? Or what year was oh, that? Three years, maybe four. No, three years, yeah, so like two, yeah. no I left when I was, um, I was 32 years old when I decided to open up Restore Effects. Um, I've now had Restore Effects for eight years. So I eventually finally got everything sorted and settled and opened up in Ontario. Uh, I must have been about 36 years old, 37, because now yeah. I'm going so on to almost, 45 next year. Almost, tw okay, so 16 to 45, 30, 30 years in the automotive yep. business and all different, all different roles, vendor, GM, all that stuff. So um, yeah. my point being, and I thought this was true, you've seen a, um, <laughs> a lot of ups, downs, changes in car sales, car values, car, car reconditioning, all, all that type of stuff. Um, Cause right now we're obviously rolling into a time where, you know, there's a lot of, I think um, maybe Brewer can uh, attest to this. Uh, things are changing and people are a little worried about that, but you've seen those things, multiple, multiple recessions. If you've been in the car business. Well, long. I would love to be able to lie to you and say, yeah, yeah, I've seen this before, but I will be honest, this is unprecedented for the industry. It's a Even the one. dealerships are freaking out. Uh, NADA yeah. is concerned. Independent dealers are concerned. Manufacturers are concerned. Banks are concerned. Everybody is in panic mode. Um, and as you guys know, from the last two years, panic mode results in people not doing anything. So that's why it's been so much harder for us subcontractors to get any work approved because in panic mode, people do nothing. They just sit and they wait to see what happens. Um, so, you know, that's, that's all great for them because they're sitting on multi-billion dollar floor plans, but you know, the everyday guy like us, we, you know, we got to figure out a way to make this work. How do we do that? That's the hard part. <laughs> so one of the so, first things you got to realize is that these guys are paid step on top, in there, right? They're yes, paid on so top, all of them. Do you think, I mean, this is a pretty obvious question, but I'm sure other people think, do you think because of your background, it was very easy for you to get the amount of cars in your business up as fast as I'd say you were the fastest one, right? I was not the fastest, but I was definitely, you know, I'd be right in there, you know, we'd be fighting for first place, but um, it, it helped having that knowledge helped. But the one thing that I would say is my biggest strength is that I had absolutely no intimidation walking into a dealership. You know, I walk into a dealership. That's where I had spent the last 20 years of my life. I knew everything about what was going on. I knew what each department did. I know what each role was. I know exactly who to go to. You know, I understood how to talk their language, speak their language, you know, it's almost like I just was amalgamated with them from the beginning. 
So I knew exactly yeah. which way to go. Um, I think that for us with being dink guys, um, and we know everything about the business, right? When it comes down to, to dents or say if you're an interior guy, you know everything about it. So you're comfortable in that aspect. Like I love when people tell me, no, they don't want to fix that dent because I, I could tell or, or, or our prices may be too high. Uh, we have mm -hmm. like we could spit the response out instantly whenever they say stuff. I will say one of the hardest things for the restore and, you know, selling at the dealerships is not being confident and maybe not to say not being confident in the sales aspect of it, but just the knowledge of the business, the restore effects product, the business, what it can do for a dealership. I think that has been the hardest thing to portray and sell at the dealerships. And that's why we pretty much have you, right? Is that one of the things? I'm here to sort of coach you and be your cheerleader in the yeah. background, but I'm also here to give you like the realities and the, the, the sort of quick mental checks before you go in. You know, we always had mm -hmm. a, a really silly saying that we had in the car biz is give your head a checkup from the neck up before you're next up. And what that means is whatever went on, whatever your last client told you, whatever the last dealer told you, whatever your, you know, your employee just walked out, you got to go in there and you got to be cool and calm and collective and everything is amazing. And you're in charge because dealerships are shit set up to be intimidating. Like they want mm -hmm. you to be intimidated. Right. Yeah. And you know, you talk to a used car manager, we've all met these guys that are like, Hey, well, I'm the used car manager for ABC Ford. You know, you don't have any idea how important I am. And they all think that they're this like, super irreplaceable, you know, idol of a car salesperson, but really all they are is the ones that sold the best and have been moved into management. But the saying in sales is the easiest sell on earth is a salesman. So all you got to do is just get them to stop talking for a minute and listen and break down his barriers real quick and fast. And you're going to get his attention and he's going to, he's going to respond. Right? Were you the like, same? Were you, did you have that mentality uh, when you worked in a dealership? Of course I did. That's why they care about <laughs> things like titles and office and demo. You know, it's like, yeah, that's yeah. my 250 over there. Like that's, that's <laughs> what the stuff matters to them. Otherwise they just drive a Ford Focus like everyone else. But no, they, yeah. those are their, and it's, the industry's created that because it is a competitive industry. The entire thing from the moment you start in it is about, you know, it always comes down to what did you do for me recently? You know, it's like, oh, two years ago, we were the number one Honda store in Canada. I don't care. What'd you do the last 30 days? That's all that matters. All right. So they are constantly focused on immediate results, you know, from management down to salespeople. So right. if it's going to be a massively competitive environment, we need to give them that leg up or convince them that we're that little leg up that's going to beat them against all the other dealers in their market. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So when I, when I asked that, what do you like, you know, how do we solve that? You basically said, and th this is true for, for any business, but dealer managers, uh, used car managers, they want, they want to make profit on the car. So are, are, should we be going in there and just show like, just basically laying out for them how our process, whether it's restore effects, dense, anything that you're trying to sell to a dealership, how you can make profit is that should be, that be the focus. Well, it, it is kind of the start of the focus, right? Let's be honest. Yeah. PDR, detailing, tinted windows, restore effects, blah, blah, blah. Those are relatively small businesses in the industry. The industry has been around since the 1930s. If we all went bankrupt tomorrow, it's not like used cars will cease to sell. They'll still sell. 
right? We need to admit that to this guy and say, we understand these things are still going to sell one way or another. But especially in this economy, since there's so few cars available and your pay, your pay plan is based on two years ago when you were doing 120 cars, now you're doing 40. Isn't it important we triple how much profit you're making per car? And you're not going to do that with a car that has dents, with a car that's all scuffed up, with a car that's not been detailed, has a flat tire. Yeah, you're going to sell it, but you're not going to triple your profit that you should normally make on this car. The thing when the economy gets bad, the major shift that happens with buyers is they demand value. And that's what's happening right now. And they've been so, you know, lucky for the last two years that they're just selling inventory going, it's just availability that now they have to make mm -hmm. that shift back to value and they're having a hard time doing it because they've just gotten used to, well, it's the only F-150 in black available in Lafayette. You know, you can't get another one. You have to buy this one. Now customers are or going to sell it to someone else tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. And now yeah. customers are going, no, I want the best value for my money because I know money's hard to get and everyone's warning me that money's going away. So I need to make sure that what I'm getting is the best value possible. So that means the salesmen need to be retrained on how to sell the products, sell the dealers, sell themselves, sell the value. But they can't do that if as soon as they walk out to the car, they go to turn the key, there's a low tire pressure light and the customer is pointing at a dent and a giant scratch on the fender going, no, nah, it's okay. Right? Buyers are visual. But so I feel like the dealerships, they've gotten so good because before we've come along with Restore Effects and and we have dealerships that don't fix anything, you know, they just, they just got really good at teaching customers or selling customers on, you know, this, we're going to give you, you know, this amount of money off on the vehicle and they are making them feel really good about themselves, you know? So those are the dealerships. Do you think that can be turned around or is that just probably not those are the ones those that, guys? Those are the ones that are going to get left behind in the industry as a whole. Right. Because as this recession gets stronger and it's going to, it's inevitable. Those are the people that, you know, Honda has been doing that forever. It's a perfect brand example where, you know, very few people can do uh, recon work for a Honda dealer because Honda's, we just sell it. It's a Honda, sir. It's a Honda. Well, why should I buy it? It's a Honda. Right. It'll last forever. But now, yeah. Now even they've realized that people are going, well, okay, yeah, sure. It's a Honda, but the one over there looks brand new. doesn't have any scratches. Why am I going to buy this one? Even though you're a Honda dealer, Hondas are Hondas. There's tons of them. They're the number one selling car in the industry. Now I can get a Honda anywhere. So these dealers are now realizing they have to make that shift and they have to appease the clients. Middle-class people with credit don't buy crappy cars. So the people that are, you know, the 60 to 100K a year money earners that, you know, they go nine to five, punch a clock, they're working at the local RV factory or tire supply place or Amazon headquarters, they're coming out and they're going, okay, my mortgage is higher, this is higher, Medicaid's higher, everything's more expensive, groceries, gas, I need more value for my money than I've ever needed before. And if these dealers don't provide it, they'll go down the street and find one that does. So these dealers are going to get left behind. They may not believe it, but they're going to. And that's where we come in to help them. Listen, for the small investment, and I'm not talking about just restore effects. Like PDR is the same thing. If you're a private detailer and there's no in-house detailing in your, in your town, it's the same thing. It's justifying that you're increasing the value of the vehicle to them to meet their clients' expectations at this point. Because the clients are going to get pickier. Nobody cares about mechanical anymore. They know dealers stand behind it. 
And now it's all about the cosmetics because people don't know how to do that stuff on their own. You know, think about how many people you say, oh yeah, I'm in the PDR business. And of course in our industry, we're all like, oh, cool. How many people do you say it to on a daily basis and have no clue what that is? Right. And restore effects yeah. is even more obscure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love how confident you are in, in that belief. You're basically more like, they're just going to be left behind. Like they're, they're just going to, they're going to be yeah. done because they're not reconditioning vehicles. Yeah. And I, and I believe that, you know, sales, when I'm, when I'm walking into you, Ryan, um, to sell you at your dealership eight years ago, the really who has the most belief in that process kind of, kind of wins the sales, right? There's a sale. Someone gets a yes, someone gets a yes and a no, someone loses that. Yeah. And I feel like the, whoever believes in that the most. So I think, honestly, like you saying that, even if I just adopt that, no one, no one really knows if they're right or wrong, anyways. But for me to like actually say to a dealer, or because I'm cl- I'm really close to a lot of dealership, you know, managers or owners or GMs or whatever that really don't like reconditioning vehicles. They just mm-hmm. they, like I feels like I'm like pull like I'm like give me can I have the can I have those two cars and mm-hmm. like if I could have the i guess the balls to go in and tell them like dude like we got to recondition cars or like the people that are going to recondition cars are going to win like i wonder how that would go (laughs) they know it they do know it but when you walk into a used car manager and you guys can both attest to this you know you go in you got the guy who doesn't have his tie on the shirt's sort of half on top looks like he put it on last night and he just went out drinking He's got a newspaper in front of him and one old computer monitor that has like the current baseball score. And then you see that. And I always call it the kiss of death, this old ratty notebook on a spiral sort of thing. that looks like it's been flipped over a thousand times. And all you see is that it says, Oh, six Impala red one sixty five, two tires dent quarter. And when I see that, that's the kiss of death. That's a guy that is now convinced it's still 1980. Customers' rights don't exist. We don't have to do nothing. But then you walk in, you see a guy that's, you know, well put together. He's got two screens. One's on Auto Trader. One's on his inventory or his, you know, internal PO system. His desk is organized, you know, and you can see that everything is in where it belongs. That's a guy that gets it. And I always... It's really difficult because people always want to focus on, I have this one store where this guy just doesn't believe in recon. It's not our job to train the used car manager how to make money. It's our job to find the ones that get it and help them do it. And that's what we do. We go out and find guys that want to make money and we go and make them money. And that's whether you're in PDR, that's whether you're in Restore Effects, that's whether you're in PPF. You know, it, Whatever you're doing, you, your job is to find the guys that get it and help them the most you can. Hundred percent. Yeah, I like that. It's a good mentality to have. Yeah, and that's why I'm so confident. Yeah, it's you know I walk. We have um. I'll I'll use a a friend of mine. He's got this one dealer in town. He's been there for seven years. He does every dealer in town. He does dealers that are outside of town because they're now calling trying to get cars done. And he's got this one master store that refuses to give him a car. Won't even give him a free demo. He's like, who doesn't take the free one? And I always say, well, don't worry. That guy's not going to be around very long. You know, he's going to get fired. But then I find out the owner is just as bad as him, and it's the only store they own. So I'm like, oh, whatever. Just ignore that place, man. It's a museum. Move on. Like, go find something else. You don't need it. Don't put yourself through the stress. If he's not going to get it, if he's not going to work with you, if he's going to be argumentative, forget it and move on. That mentality I have going in is what gives me the confidence when I'm talking to a manager. 
going, you need me more than I need you right now. Yeah, I do have a, yeah, I mean, it just, this just happened uh, two, uh, maybe two days ago, but it was a dealership like that, man. It was super old school. Everybody in the dealership was just really old and they, I did a demo for them years ago and it turned out great. They made money on both cars. We did, we did two demos for them. We got the charger for one and I would constantly go back and, and they were like, look, man, we'll just call you when we need you. And then I just said, screw it, man. I'm going to watch this. I went into this dealership and I said, man, I've been hearing around town that y'all, y'all kind of slow over here. <laughs> and he was like, well, who you heard that from? I was like, well, all these other dealers that are using restore effects, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so I had every, every instance for the guy. And then I said that Honda Accord out there is looking rough, you know? And I was like, I, I've been to every other dealership in the city, you know, this week, and you're the only one with a Honda Accord that's you know needs some work done to it and he finally gave me the car and now i think he gets it you know because he sold it that next day and he called me up and he said man i really appreciate it i said yeah so if you want your numbers to go back up maybe you should start you know putting a little money into the the recon side of it and i don't know if i flipped them yet i guess i'll keep up with y'all on that but uh they are why do you why do you think why do you think you got him listening honestly well man he was so I kind of spit it out on accident where I was like, man, I'm, I've been hearing around town. Y'all are kind of slow. And he didn't like that. You know, he was like, man, cause he didn't like that. He thought that other dealers were talking about his dealership um, as something that they didn't have to worry about. Like there weren't competition anymore, you know? And he was like, screw that. We're going to, you know, get, get up with the times is what it seemed like. So um, yeah. that was cool to, to notice that. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, you're a dealer and say you got a car listed on, let's go with the, you know, a 19 Camry that just got went through the process. You know, had the dents removed, properly detailed, yeah. was restore effects. And they're like, ABC4 down there has one as well. You're like, oh, yeah, go look at that one. That's good. All the way here. But it's also a small <laughs> town like yours, right? Like, it's a little bit different, say, Toronto or Sacramento, but like, Lafayette's not a huge town, man. A five minute, five mile drive is not a big deal for these people. They'll just shoot down the street and check it out. You're not going to buy a Honda at an off-make dealer until you've gone to the local supplier and checked out what they had first. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan, do there, I feel like sometimes managers, um, like you said, they're, they have, you know, they have control or power of over us, right. Over the people that, that are just coming and looking for cars. Do they sometimes enjoy the back and forth sales interaction? Just from your perspective, being one, being in that environment for 20 years, um, they, they Should we it. just humor them? Yeah, they love it. It's their thing. You know, you, I was always in the car biz and we would always say, I'm in the car biz because I'm avoiding a real career. You know, I get to work a whole one hour a day and I get paid stupid amounts of money to do that. Right. Like I get a free car. I'm over hundred K a year. And I literally put in one hour of effort in my whole day. Other than that, I'm just sort of hanging out and shooting the shit. This is what they are. It is high school all over again. You need to cater to that. They need to be your friends. You know, drop off a coffee. If you're slow, pop on by. And he's like, oh, I don't have anything for you. No, it's cool. You know what? We're pretty busy today. I just wanted to come by, catch up, how are things, this, that, and the other thing. Before you know it, they're going to like you more than your product. And they're just going to give you cars because they want to take care of you. Right? It happens all the time. All the time. These guys and the amount of money that de- the amount of money that dealers spend on reconditioning is a is a drop in the bucket, right? I mean, realistically, yeah. like they, 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 when they're like, "Oh, I don't have 
oh, I don't know if I can really spend money on, like right now or whatever. I feel like I feel like that's not always true. I feel no, like they just definitely. don't want to make a decision. It's just definitely not true, or they don't want to make a decision, yeah. or they're giving you a hard no on one car. Like, go car by car. Never give them your full list. That's why I hate writing it out going, here's my list, because I'm going to oh, yeah, I don't want to spend money. Well, where do you go from there? So I just start with one car. I'm like, okay, you got the Chevy out there. Yeah, no, I don't want to spend money on that. Okay, you got the Accord. Yeah, I don't want to spend money on that. Okay, what about this Toyota Camry? Uh, it's like, you can't keep using the same excuse, dude. Like eventually you got to spend money. You're telling me you didn't put tires on it. You didn't put new wipers in it. Like you spent the money. Let's go. You know? And yeah. if he's still giving you a hard no, stop and be like, yo, let's go for a cigarette. Even if you don't smoke, chances are they do. Or let's go grab a coffee, something, get them out of their game, break them. Cause if they're sitting at that desk and giving you no after no, they're in a power position. So you need to break that power position on them. So they're looking at you as an equal now. And one of the quickest ways I do that when it's a new client is I just tell them first straight off the bat, hey, I don't want your whole inventory. I'm not here for every car on your lot. 80% of us, them, will not benefit from having me do anything to it. I'm here for that 10% your detail department can't fix, you're not going to pay. That's it. I just want yeah. 10%. Yeah, That throws them off their game because everybody that's coming up to them pitching a product is like, I want to be your exclusive whole everything. Blah, blah, blah. Here's a flat rate. Nope, I don't want that. Just give me the ten percent that I'm actually gonna make you money on. The rest you can make I, there, money on your own. There's a lot of lessons to this, and we're going back and forth. It's not really following a, a full timeline or anything, but I'm just <laughs> we're just picking your brain. Like I, yeah. I, this is this is great for me. I, um, you said make them look at you as an equal, and I yeah. think that's so true. Like you, like if you're a somewhat successful business owner, most of you guys are. If you're gonna add on additional services or whatever, um. I mean, at least an equal. Sometimes, I mean, if you're owning a business and running, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten techs, and they're and they're in a used car, like there's no, and they're a used car manager working for seven spots below an owner. There's no reason why you shouldn't feel at least equal to them on knowledge of reconditioning and cars and the market and all those types of things, and to be able to. And I'm talking to myself here as I say mm -hmm. this, but like. To, to walk out there and be like, look, I know I know car buyer habits too. Like, no one's going to want to buy these cars. Remember that car yeah. we did last month that you said no to and it came back and we did it? You know, we did it anyways because the customer complained about it. Like, remind them of these things. I did yeah. that literally yesterday. The guy yeah. that said, I don't want to spend money. I'm like, you said that last month on that Blue Optima, right? And, yeah. and then it came back and the customer was upset, right? Yeah. So, like, there's people, you won't, it's really hard to say that to somebody when you don't see yourself as an equal to them exactly when you're just like pandering for their 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 work um so i think that's super important i just want to point that out um even even, even priming yourself to before you go to the dealership just remind yourself like these guys are not above me in More. business or in 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 knowledge of cars or whatever like maybe even i'm above them right yeah. not talk down to them but like understand where your position is Hey, two bad months selling cars, that guy's going to be out of a job. Two bad months of him uh, selling cars, you're still going to be a bad dealer. So if anything, he needs you. It's we, They need to have the answers they need to why they did it. And all I'm doing is filling in the blanks for them. Listen, before you give that guy a $1,000 discount and send it to me, just do it now. And then the next guy that comes in is going to buy it. In fact, I bet you can call people that were half interested in that one, say, hey, I got a new one in. They'll come in and buy this one, not knowing it's the same damn car. 
Like just give them that pathway. You put this front line, it's selling. If that doesn't work, I go after the salespeople because they're path the least resistance. So the next person that they show the car to and they're like, oh, what about the scratch? Oh, don't worry about it. And they're desking the deal. No, customer's really mad about the scratch. We got to restore exit because they want to Dude, that's deal. brilliant right there. That's so true. <laughs> like I know I, I've never even thought about that really, but I just like mess around with sales guys, fix their personal cars for dents, talk to them, whatever, like in the meantime. But I never even thought about that because the sales guys go to the desk and they're like, that's almost a different sales process too. Like they're trying yeah. to like sell the car. They yeah. don't, you know, depending on how I get paid, paid or whatever. Nothing but... if the car doesn't sell. If I right, but it's like car, a, it's like a, it's a percentage. It's like a percentage of profit, right? Typically, yeah. Yeah. right. So if they knock a thousand bucks off the car and they're getting paid, what's a typical percentage? To, I don't know, ten percent of the profit. Twenty to twenty five. 20 20% of the profit. If they can knock a thousand dollars off and close this deal. Or, or, or I don't know. It's not even a thousand dollars out of their pocket, right? Because like you're talking, yeah, it's like 200 bucks. Yeah. Let's take a restore effects commission, right? So let's say they're looking at a three grand commission. If they sell the car as is, they're looking at 2,500 with restore effects. You're literally affecting their paycheck $80. Yeah. Yeah. But they know they're not going to get the deal. Like to gain a good customer though. Like or if I'm a sales for dude, two grand profit and don't yeah. do the restore effects. And then I have somebody driving around pissed off at me, you know, right, there's yeah. a, Hey, we'll take care of everything. Pay me what it says on the window. I guarantee you, you're going to be thrilled. I have my Honda store down the street. I have, it got so bad that the manager had to call me and said, do not take a car unless we call you ourselves. And the phone calls didn't stop. They just kept coming. They said, okay, take the calls from the sales guys. We're too busy to deal with all this because everybody was putting it in their deals. Restore effects the car. Restore effects the car. Scratches, scratches, scratches. So you're saying putting it huh? in the deals like they were charging, you can charge. No, the like, they, like, no, they're they're just the customer like, saying, I'll order... buy the car, but in order to yeah. buy it, I want all these scratches repaired. And the customer yeah. may just go, you know, it'd be nice if those scratches were gone. But the salesman wanting the deal is going to go in and tell the manager, oh, they're freaking out about these scratches, but I promised them they're going to be fixed. Like they're, they're really upset about that. And the customer's out there. If they they can keep the sticker price on the window and spend 500 bucks again, like you said, they're, you're only, you're only taking maybe a hundred, maybe a hundred dollars out of the deal for them. If that's what sells it, oh, the restore FX guy. Cause now that I think about it, there's a lot of sales guys out there that do that for me like i have a lot of sales guys texting me and i've gotten trouble in the past before i'm like gotta give me a gotta give me an ro number dude i can't yeah. like just bill cars anymore you gotta give me an ro number but that yeah. depending on the dealer but anyways if they can use your service you tell the sales guys look scratches swirl marks all this type of stuff i'll just make it all go away they can just be like yeah we'll fix that if you're gonna buy it. we're good at this price right if we fix all this stuff and they're like yeah yeah and they know we just solved the problem. Is it so? Are those exactly. do bill situations typically coming in? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We we definitely do a lot of those. Uh, I was out doing sales training with a client uh, with one of the centers, and we went to a new Toyota store that he had never been to. Used car manager was busy. I started talking to one of the sales guys. He went back in to find the used car manager. Came back out. He goes, "Listen, he's tied up in a few meetings. Can you come back tomorrow? He really is interested in talking to you." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So we took off literally three hours later he called us and said hey guys i just sold a car it's conditional to you guys doing it so i need you to pick this up for tomorrow it's the sales guy he was like i don't think many people know that man go after the salesman 
Absolutely. Yeah. Their path of least resistance for And then if they move dealerships, they're going to be telling their manager, like, yeah. you're not using restore effects. Like, we were yeah. killing it over there. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. I, sold man. I think a lot of people need to think about that. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It, and it I, knew, I, knew, I knew that was a thing almost, but I never even really fully thought about it. Yeah. Um, and you, it's honestly, it's hard to do that with dents, though, because I don't want to give sales friggin' tell salesmen, you know, just tell them to fix thing, because like they're, you know, they're going <laughs> to. Yeah. You know what well, I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. It's, it's not black and white. Dents smashed. aren't black and white like restore effects. No, no. you know that's exactly. why the logo. No, yeah. big that's why the logo is black and white, dude. Because we can <laughs> yeah. fix that. You know, it's just super simple. Yeah, yeah. If the paint's, it, it not, if the paint's not missing, us. we're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It is easier yeah. with us. And I feel like now that I'm thinking about, it, I've always been reserved to tell salespeople about that. Like, oh yeah, just tell the customer to fix it then or whatever. Um, but I'm significantly less reserved about doing it for restore effects. You know, hey, if, if anybody ever complains about scratches, here's my card. Yeah, so yeah. And I do it in a very smooth way where I just say, you know what, just don't lose a deal over it. Call me. Don't yeah. lose a deal. Yeah. Well, you you hear yeah, a lot of it. people. I've actually heard that's this so good, with a customer and a salesperson in their office, and the customer that they wanted this vehicle, but it was black, and they were like, "I'm not buying a black vehicle," you know, because they all look like crap. And then I'm just thinking to myself, if he had that ammunition that you just said, Ryan, he yeah. could have been like, have you ever seen black look perfect? Yeah. Because yeah. we could deliver that for you. And I, I'm like, man, I'm just thinking about it. I probably lost the restore effects over that by not giving that salesman that ammunition. So that's that's awesome, man. I'm glad. We- exactly. I, how many how many, do, how many do bills do you do, Ryan? I'm not familiar with the term. Do bills like uh, oh, sorry, do you, comebacks or what else do they call them? Brewer? Uh, client complaints. Like they sell uh, the car, they sell the car, and the customer takes it and they bring it back and you restore effects for them. Less now than I used to back in the day, but back in the okay. day I used to get a ton. And I even befriended because they have an in-house body shop, and I am befriended the uh, manager of that body shop because they'd send them up to him. Oh yeah, Vince, can you fix this? And Vince, oh man, I don't want it. You know, my guys, they didn't go to school to do it. And he'd call me and I'd just fix it for him. And of course yeah. he'd mark his up 15% on them. And then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're, if, so if, you're t- if you're telling the sales guy that, then a lot of times like they'll, they'll say, Hey, we'll take care of it. And then you'll fix it. And then the customer will come back and purchase it. Typically. It, it, well, in Canada, we don't do on-the-spot deliveries. So that's something that doesn't happen here except in BC. So there's always a couple-day delay, right? So they buy the car. We have to issue the safety. We have to, you know, uh, issue the emissions tests and then get it licensed. Then they have to get it insured. So there's at least oh, a 24-hour process. Yeah, they do it um, the right way. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, it's like a house. Know, here's here's my like deposit. That. Now I'm going to go home. You're going to spend a day getting everything ready so that when I come pick it up, it's good to go. You just put my plates over and I'm out of here. But it's also, you know, getting the financing approved and all that other stuff. So, um, and, and you can't do that because okay. it don't look at, you know, just it doesn't work. So, you know, these sales guys love doing this because they're like, yeah, I got this. I got this. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. I got a guy. I got a guy. And as a business manager, before I was in Restore Effects, I used to use it as a cheat as well because we were getting really under a lot of pressure for not selling protection products on used vehicles, which is difficult to do because they've already got 60, 70,000 miles on them. Who wants, who cares about rust proofing and paint protection on a 70,000 mile car? It's the damage is done. Um, so what I used to do is I used to sell the paint protection and I'd have it sent out to restore effects first. And I, you know, I charge extra to make sure the restore effects was covered. And I tell the customer, if you don't visually see a difference in your car, when you pick it up, you don't have to pay for it. 
And then I'd send it out to RestoreFX, have my paint sealant put on afterwards, have the car ready. And of course, every customer came in, looked at their new car and went, wow. So it just increased my penetration ratio in the used car department, like 120%. This is what I'm working on right now. Trying to get the same situation set up. So hopefully it works. So <laughs> I, I think, I mean, it's a very similar process, just, just in, you know, I, I think the U.S., I don't know. I'm California guy, but we do a lot of do bills. Like they'll sell a car and just promise things <laughs> like, yeah, 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 we'll take care of that. And then just bring it back. So yeah, we've, we've always been two off. of them. We've been off on that because of a dent situation. They're like, "Oh man, we only put one hundred fifty dollars in a deal for this dent. You're trying to charge us six hundred. Well, because you didn't call me or we didn't see anything. But the restore yeah, effects. That's yeah. what I really love about it. Is dude, it's the set price. That's it. Whatever it is, whatever yeah. you're charging, that's what it's going to be. So there's salespeople yeah. can sell this stuff all day for you, and there's never going to be any any negative about it unless it's like the paint's peeling off or something. But um, that's yeah. rare. They shouldn't be selling that at the dealership anyway. Yeah, and you can right. also deal with that right on the spot going, wait, that's what the, okay, I don't want to do the car because that, I'm not going to fix that. So Mr. Yeah. Salesman, call the customer and find out what their expectations that, are. That's like super rare. They're going, to be, so... they're going to be yelling at you, not me. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay, right. well, that that was a that was a lot of masterclass on selling to dealerships right there, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I feel I took a bunch of notes on here. I'm going to use some of this stuff when I go next Monday. I'll do some sales, but but here's um, the great thing, because like, it's not just the restore effects thing. The restore effects is a powerful tool, but this is stuff that you could use across the industry. So anybody listening yeah. to this podcast, you're going to get something from that conversation we just had. If it's as simple as, wait a minute, why am I intimidated by this guy? Forget him. You know, like. I'm more successful yeah. than he is, really. But yeah. it's just, yeah. We've, I mean, we've always given them if, that power position, and we need to take it back. If intimidation comes down to you know the feeling of success, which I feel like kind of can in a lot of ways, um, if you're a business owner that's somewhat successful, your your you know your life is harder, and you've achieved. Yeah, I would be careful what I would say. You've achieved more and, and overcome more becoming a business owner with three people than than the guy going from sales salesman to sales manager. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's just I gotta wear a to be fair. Often and I get a new business card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So But I think oh, it's the other way around too though. If you can get the dealer that should be a goal for everybody is to get the dealership managers to look at you as an equal because I, I think we could all say we walk into a dealership as a vendor and they all look at us like we're the $10 an hour guy in the back detailing cars. And I'm like, hold up, man. I make probably make more money than you, you know? So, yeah. but you yeah. can't really say that's that. I'm saying. That's what you go to, especially as males, right? We're like, we're fucking, fucking yeah, you know, I make yeah, more than you. Bigger, right? It's petty, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it's the reality, though, that's the benchmark yeah. measurement of success in North America, right? But it, that's the friendship I mean, side. In, if, in sales, like, Come on. And the way it was explained to me where it finally clicked to me that way was um, it was a good friend of mine that was working at a dealership. And she said, you know, the first year you're going to justify why you're even a business. The second year you're going to justify to me why I need to keep using you, even though I think I don't need to anymore. But the third year, you're just part of the business now. Now you're just like you work for us. Like, it's like oh, yeah, that's right. You know, I have access I can walk into parts departments of some dealerships where even salesmen aren't allowed in parts departments. But I walk in, the guys are like, oh, hey, Ryan. Hey, how's it going? I'm just looking for a key. Okay, cool. Yeah, about it. You know, like, I have key access to every building. I have fingerprints on file at every building. Like, just 
Mm. I walk through the mechanics phase and everyone's saying hi. Half the guys are, oh, can you check out my car for me or whatever? But nobody questions us. That's when you know you're in. That's when you know you're gravy because you can walk through that whole building and nobody says anything, right? That's yeah. Now you're part of the business. And at that point, there's no reason why you should ever be intimidated by them. It even happened yeah. yesterday where a manager, you know, he messaged, he goes, you know, I'm not giving your guy a car until you, you know, I could really use a coffee. So I just Googled the local Dunkin' Donuts and sent him a Google map link to it going, here you go. <laughs> like, that's how you get there, man. Like, I, I don't know. I, did you not know where it is? Here it is. And he said back, he goes, you're a jerk. And then the guy came back with four cars. He just wanted that yeah. interaction. You're the yeah. owners of the business. You got to be there. Even if you have a sales rep, you have to be there. Like you are the owner. It's key that they see you. They have that interaction. You're the one cashing the check. You got to at least once every two weeks, make your face visible. Yeah, for sure. And I think going back to the intimidation thing and talking to these car dealers, I think a lot of people, and I've, I've done this. I can speak to it really well because I've done it for a long time. Definitely the last couple of years, the less of it, but you try to hide your success a little bit in your business, in my opinion, to, you know, to, to managers. Sometimes you work a little slower on a car or whatever. You think that, you know, you're trying to manage their expectations of it. But I think I've had more success being the opposite, putting myself as an equal, especially if you're like GM owner type people you're looking at, like to show like, yes, I'd make a good money serving you and all the other people around here to give you what you want and not, not to, not to, not to hide from that. As every deck I knows, brewer, you walk through a place. I literally today, they'll call you easy money. They'll say jingle, jingle. Cause they got cut. You, you know that. <laughs> dude seriously it's it's yeah. i don't yeah. know if it's all vendors i don't know if it's all vendors but like my entire life my dad was called money i was money junior every time i walked into places it, it was the thing and now i used to it used to like really be difficult for me to hear that because i'm like oh, i can't charge that much like i think i make too much money mm-hmm. or whatever but like now i'm like yep yeah. Hey, you know, you're the ones and here's the 900 dollars bill scratched up crappy cars yeah. don't get mad at me because i know how to fix yeah. them Right. You want to get you want to get equal with a manager. Just go get yourself a Rolex and yeah, yeah. dude, I'm telling you, there it's all done then, after that. You know, rent a car do, every three months and change it out. There you go. But seriously, like people won't do that because they're scared that if they look too successful, dude. they're not going to want to use them to do their stuff. Is that not true? That's so it, true. And that, that is you just staying not unequal. Let's say you staying below that person as equal. You'll never get to that point if you don't actually show them that you are If you're successful, and don't you're, fake it. And don't get a car for three months. Like, you know, Rent a Lambo. I'm sure you guys have all been in the background and heard somebody say like, oh, no, I got the best dent guy in all of Lafayette. This is the greatest guy every, in Sacramento. Like he's going every in three counties, guy. man. Da, 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 da. Like yeah. this is the guy. They want the best guy. Like they want to have the best of the best of the best in their back pocket so they can share it with their customers their friends their family. So when we're all like, Oh, I'm not very good at this. Well, we're doing ourselves a disservice. You need to walk in the best of the best. Like I own this. This is me. Oh, check out my cars completely covered in stickers. Wow. How much did that cost? Whatever. I got to I'm a business. I did it. You know, you need to know that I am a professional. I'm not just one individual center. There's 150 of us in North America. You're covered North American wide. We've been doing this for 18 years. We were at SEMA. Like we are big time 
business. Mobile One doesn't walk in going, well, you know, we're a decent little oil company and we work hard as a family. No, they're, we're Mobile One. We got F1, we got NASCAR, we got the, the, they own it. Go in, be confident. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with being the best of the best of the best in your business and talking to these guys like you are the best of the best of the best, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. I see, Bre- I see Brewers writing down over there too, but that's so, <laughs> not, like, that's so, so good. Like the disservice, like you the, know? Go ahead. I feel like the managers that you want to have or the dealers that you want to have literally want you to be the best guy. If you're the best guy, you're making really good money. Yeah. If you're not making good money, you're probably not that good. And like, I've done that for, I've been doing this for 22 years. I've been in debt repair, basically like, there were so many times where I would feel like almost uh, like, I guess bashful is the right way of, yeah. of how much money I make as a dent guy. Sometimes I'm like, I just fixed all 80 of your cars. They're like, didn't you show up an hour ago? Like, yeah, I did. Like now I say that, but before I'm like, yeah, it was like, maybe like, yeah, it was like closer to two hours, like two and a half, two and a half. I, you know, I, and you're still like doing that, but no. That's why that. you use me. I'm that good. <laughs> yeah, that's why you use me. You know, you can get a guy that's faster cheaper, the better, right? He's going to spend two hours sitting out there on one car and not fix it fully. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. right. But there's going to be some guys mm-hmm. listening right now that are saying the opposite um, a little bit, just because we have dealerships that are all about the cheaper route, right? Um, I've never thought you're like nobody's a about the cheaper. selling. Yes, they are. I have I have multiple no. dealerships that are like no. I was compared to I was compared to <laughs> my my dent company was compared to Levi's jeans versus Wrangler jeans the other day, and he said, "Man, I know you're the best dent guy on the planet, but you're like the Wrangler jeans. This other guy, he's the Levi jeans, but they're good enough. They're a lot, you know, there's a difference in price, and I did, I had nothing to say about that. I'm like, well, I appreciate sure. the compliment, man. That's great." But I wish I would have told him what you just said about, dude, you're doing yourself a disservice by using, yeah. you know, call, a lesser call, competition because call Mr. I know you and have him fix your Shelby Cobra for you. Yeah, or have him, yeah, have him fix your mom's car or your friend's yeah. car, or whatever it's going to be, and then have him fix his customer's car that's going to get pissed off because he did such a terrible job. Now you look like an idiot. With yeah. my company, you never have to look like that. Yeah, I stand behind everything dude, I'm doing. I'm gonna be like the number one salesman. Man, I'm so ready to go now. Yeah, I just need to get my manager on top of stuff, though. So, um, so you know, it comes down the auto industry. We always hear it: fast, cheap, reliable. Pick two. Cheap's not going to be reliable. It never is, and it's certainly never going to be fast. Fast, Mm -hmm. cheap, reliable. Pick the two you want the most. And if it's my money on the line and my clients on the line that are going to be yelling at me and calling my manufacturer is going to call down and go, "What the hell happened with this guy?" I'm not going with the cheap guy. You know, if I got a 94 caravan, okay, give me the Levi Strauss guy. You know, that guy's good. You know, but if I have, you know, 218, 219 BMW, Mercedes, Benz, Lexus, I'm not going with the most expensive guy on earth, but I'm finding that guy that's good value. It's the same way what the customers are thinking. They're just not thinking right yet because they don't know how to vocalize it. They want more value. And what that conversation he was having with you was is, where is my value by using you? And what you That's needed to tell him on right? was I'm faster. I do a higher quality repair. I'm a little bit more, but your customer return is going to be next to zero. And the quality of the repair, you can stand behind knowing it's done. And if there's a problem going forward, call me again. I'll, I'll solve your problem. You. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I've said that before. I'll solve your problem. I'll solve your problem. Yeah, I'm solving that in the parking lot right now. Yeah, <laughs> his, his Levi guy jacked his car all up, and uh, he shouldn't have been touching it. You know, I said, man, you should have never let this guy touch this car. But well, he's learned. Yeah, Levi's Levi's are decent. You know, if you're just going to wear them out to the mall with your buddies, or, but if you're going out with the wife, you got to get yourself some Wranglers. Otherwise, she's not going to wear that nice restaurant. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the jeans analogy is gone yeah. too far on that one. Um, that's pretty <laughs> funny. That's it no one comes done, down to no when you're starting with a new dealer, right? They really have four objections that they can possibly give you. I don't care what they tell you. They're going to phrase them in all different manners. But really, the objections come down to, am I already paying for this and I'm just getting shittier service, which this guy used? Hey, I'm going to do the same service he got, but cheaper. And that's how he screwed up a car. What's my price? Is that a good deal? Well, with restore effects, we got to justify and quantify that. But with PDR business, the guy knew he was cheap because he's used to you. Will I get in trouble for doing this? Eh, probably my boss won't care because uh, he knows I'm already doing PDR work. And what happens if there's an issue? Well, the fourth objection just all of a sudden blew up in his face where now there's an issue and now he's spending twice to get it fixed. So when that guy comes back to fix another car, he's going to go, eh, get a you go go yeah you know don't touch anything 18 and newer right. <laughs> just don't even look at it just yeah. don't even look if it's got 200k maybe but otherwise you know get out of here get out of here and okay. those are the four so, objections with every dealer i don't care where you are on the planet every dealer has those same four objections when you walk into them the first time okay so for everybody else besides restore fx am i already paying for this the answer is yes essentially now, and this, let's restore. use the perfect example of Levi's versus Wranglers. Forget, you know, we'll go down the restore effects road in a sec. Am I already paying for this? Yes. You know, and just not getting the service. Well, I know Ryan's doing a good service, but then the guy goes, what's my price? And is that a good deal? And he hits a price way lower than Ryan, which is the Levi's versus Wrangler jeans. So he goes, hey, that's a really good deal. I got to try it at least. And then it gets down to the, what if there's an issue? And that's where the guy fell apart. And that's why he's going to lose him as a client because this guy's used to the quality of service Ryan has been offering him. He's used to that guy standing behind him going, I'm here to help. I'm going to make sure it's right. No matter what, if I quoted it wrong, if I screwed it up, I'm fixing it. This guy just walked away and walked, wiped his hands of it and ran away. Right. So I guarantee what if it's you the other price. way. What if it's the other way around? What if you're trying to walk into a dealer and they have a cheap guy? So they say, am I paying for this? Yes. What's my price? I'm already getting it cheaper. Will I get in trouble? Haven't gotten in trouble yet. Uh, what happens if there's an issue and they haven't had an issue, or they haven't heard you know, of one? What do you? Where do you go? Because this happens. This happen. Like this. This is a common. This is a common problem for everybody. like anybody selling every, dealerships. You'll, 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 you'll everything. Definitely. Yeah, everything. You know what? And and you might be walking into a dealer like if there's a PDR. Our local PDR guy that does the mall here. You know, he's not as good as a lot of the guys I've seen that I've met through MTE and through all you guys. I yeah. can that hundred percent because I won't let him touch my cards. Um, but the dealers are happy with his work. So unless he stops showing up or he starts pointing out other problems, you need to make yourself available for the things because one, the problem with those guys, if they're doing the cheap repairs, they get picky. They only want to do, you know, the little quarter size dents in the middle of the door. Oh, it's on a crease. Oh, I can't fix that. Oh, that. Oh, I yeah. can't fix that. And so he yeah, started yeah. doing that. And now there's three dent guys working this whole automall, whereas he had it on lockdown and was literally making five grand a day. Now he's fighting to make 1200 a day because 
they're bringing in other guys going, well, you know, you couldn't fix that. You can, everything I show you, you don't want to fix this guy's fixing it. So they bring in a guy, he's more expensive, but his quality is better, but he's fixing the things that this guy doesn't want to fix. Right. With restore effects, we have a different set of challenges. Am I already paying for this? They think they are. They think they are. They're like, well, are you just a polisher that's doing a better job than my guys in the back, which, you know, basically are shoemakers and they're sitting away, pounding themselves in the head with pads and they don't know what they're doing. We're not. So I deal with that right up front. You know, we're not detailers. We don't polish. We don't sand, blah, blah, blah. We're a two part system that's professionally applied to the vehicle that permanently repairs the base, the, the color, uh, the clear coat on your entire vehicle. So I address that right off the bat. What's my price? And is this a good deal? Retail price starts at about $700 for a truck van SUV is about 750 luxury vehicles, which is accurate enough is 800. My number one client down the street that has seven stores sends me about two cars a day. They're paying 450 a vehicle. Well, I'm not going to spend 450. Okay. No problem. What if we started about 475, whatever, you know, I'm not going to send two cars a day. It was about if you start at 475 and go from there. And if the volume picks up, we'll, we'll work on the pricing. Right. Or, Hey, yeah, well, I'm also related to this store and this store and this store. What if we get the three of us together and acted like one client? Right now I'm getting that same discount deal. Am I going to get in trouble for it? Absolutely not. First one's on me. True sign of a good pusher. First one's on the house, man. Give it a try. You're going to love it. True sign of a good (laughs) pusher. (laughs) And what if there's an issue? Well, 150 locations, 18 years in the business. Warranty is transferred over for the lifetime that that customer owns the vehicle. If there's ever an issue, you call me. We're taking care of it no matter what it is, etc. Boom, 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 boom. Here's a warranty card. Here's the registration. Here's our company. You're building that you're not just some guy that found a product on, you know, Alibaba that you learned how to make it work. You're part of a bigger picture, 150 locations across North America, 47 countries worldwide, da, 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 da. 18 years in the industry at SEMA, at the, okay, so I'm protected if there's an issue, right? That's and actually that's good too, because a lot of guys are like, a lot of guys are like, yeah, I have this guy like maybe 10 years ago came by, you see this clear coat thing, make all the scratches go away. But I always had that one, you know, yeah. I'm like, how long did it last? They're like, oh, I think, I don't know, it lasted, it was that, you know? So like, I think they've all, they've, they've kind of heard that, like, oh, I yeah. can make scratches go away type thing. So of showing course. them the sca- size and scale and and professionalism of the of the business of Restore FX um, is actually that's actually a good good sales point for that. And again, it's sort of like what we were saying earlier. It's bringing you to that level. Hey, look what I'm a part of. You know, you don't talk to a guy that owns a McDonald's like, oh man, you're just some small little franchise owner. What a weenie! No, he owns a McDonald's, yeah. right? Like, put us on par. You know, I've got investment into this. You know, this is this is a big deal make yeah. you realize how big of a company oh, I, I had it. so much oh, more oh. i wanted to, I had so much more i wanted to get to we got a little bit of time i don't think i don't think we're at an hour yet um you you the way you did it with shore effects is different back in the day but you basically had a part in 14 locations i was the basically think of me as a dis, um, district manager basically so I had my own shop, and then we were selling sub licenses to everybody. So imagine you and, started but you selling. But you helped all uh, of those locations. Yeah, 
I did the initial trainings. I did the sales training, the ongoing support, everything like that. The nice thing was because everybody was with, you know, the GTA, which is a huge city. It's the third largest in Canada or the third largest in North America. Everybody was within a couple hour drive. So I could go and spend a few days. So if somebody was having trouble, I'd go and spend a few days driving around with them, figuring out what's going on and, and where they're slipping up. And, and it's, it's real simple. And if you want to play a game, we can do it. And Ryan, are you willing to play a game with me? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Think about one of your clients that you're struggling to get cars from. Got it. Okay. What's the manufacturer? Uh, Chevy, Chevrolet, and Cadillac, but they're used car, obviously. Okay. How long has he worked there? He's been there for about three years, but he's been at the whole, it's a dealership group, so he's been there for at least seven. Okay. How long has he driven Cadillacs and Chevs? Uh, he's been at that one for about three years. Does he have a personal car that he drives? It's Demo. He does. He's got a, he's got a Camaro. I need a Camaro. He's got a Corvette, actually. So yeah, he's got a Corvette. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, what's his favorite sport team? I don't know. Is Sports he team. He's married. Yeah. Two kids. Yeah, married. Two kids. Perfect. What's he do on weekends? Uh, his son's real big into MMA fighting, so he does. Uh, he does that every weekend. Okay. How's he take his coffee? I don't even think the dude drinks coffee. So those are the questions I would start asking, and I'm going to give you honestly. Dude. You got you get an eighty percent. That was good. That you, was you know what's crazy? Dude, I was over. Here, I'm over here like, damn, glad you didn't pick me. <laughs> you know what's crazy is the guy I just explained to you. I'm like really good friends with, and I don't know those things about him. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's crazy man. Nobody cares how much you know till they know how much you care. You can try it with any of my guys. I can tell you everything about them. I know I how they take golf. I was, I was, I literally took the guy golfing Sunday, and, <laughs> uh, and I don't know any of those questions. Right, that's how he you become integral to him. At that point, it's now, oh no, Ryan, Ryan Brewer is my guy. Like he, you know, he was at my kid's bar mitzvah. You know, like he brought a birthday present for my kid. You know, blah blah blah. He bought him some MMA yeah. gloves. You know, whatever. Like, that makes you indispensable. It's like what Mikey was saying: win them, win them over, and they're always going to be your client. Right. I know, but I have, want... I have the guy on de like dense. They don't they don't fathom using anybody else. It's just restore effects for some reason. He just doesn't because... see it, you know, and it's my fault, right? I'm not I'm not explaining I'm not doing something wrong with him. I don't know. But it's that thing that we were talking about earlier, you know, the the challenge guys are gonna have from the PDR industry. Like I know there's a lot of guys in PDR that are listening that have either signed up with restore effects. You know, maybe you've had your license for about two years and you're really stalling and you're not sure how to build it. Maybe you just got it. Maybe you haven't even done training yet. But the biggest problem you guys are going to have is you're walking into these clients where you are used to, I am the dent guy and there is no challenges. And you're coming in going, you know what? They're just, I've got this customer, this customer, this customer, this customer. I'm going to be busy. And then you all of a sudden come in and you go, hey, look, you got a scratch over there, a scratch over there, a scratch. And the manager's taken aback. He's like, whoa, 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 you're my dent guy. I have a scratch guy. Why mm -hmm. are you trying to be my scratch guy when I already have a scratch guy? You're my dent guy, right? And what they don't understand is that this is something completely different. You are going to have to go into this and approach these guys, whether you've been dealing with them for 10 years or one year or one week, you have to go in that you are a brand new business from scratch. The 
only benefit you get is that he's going to give you the time to talk because you've built that relationship that he trusts you. Right. That part of the equation's out, which is the hardest part to build. But you still got to build the relationship. You got to act like you've never, ever done a car for them in the past. It is two separate entities. You got to go in, be a rookie, take your lumps, you know, deal with the guy, get yourself on level, help him understand what we do, how we do it, and then grow from there. But it, so, uh, dude, it's, that's so true. I basically yep. started really selling Restore Effects in maybe March of this year, essentially. I trained in December, Christmas, et cetera. We did a bunch of free cars. Um, I, the accounts that I get the most work from right now, I actually don't even do dents at them. Yeah, because <laughs> you're not their dent guy. <laughs> They're yeah. like, oh, yeah, we got I, this I, new guy here that's a scratch guy. I okay, went cool. to my... I was like, physically easy. I'm going to go, all my dealerships, I do dents at, and I'm just going to sell them on Restore Effects, and they're just going to give me all their cars, like they do with all their dents. Um, that did not happen. Um, <laughs> they give me work, but it's been a little bit of a harder transition sometimes for me to be both For me to be both guys. Like I was telling you guys earlier, I, I basically call myself like the paintless appearance guy now. I'm yeah. like, if you want something fixed that's paintless, like, let me know yeah. whether the metal's, yeah, the metal's not in the right spot or the, or the clear coat doesn't look good, you know? But the the guys that I'm getting the most work from, and it's not a bunch, maybe like two, I would say not even two a week, five a month, sometimes for some of these dealers, because I'm you know I'm still growing this thing, but um, are, I don't do dance for them. Yeah, so. and it, that's why you've had more success with them because they never looked at you as you're my dent guy, right? You didn't yeah. have. And to I walk in, I, ch I change, I change my stuff when I walk in there. I'm wearing mm -hmm. Restore FX branded things, you know, not not dent stuff. My truck has damper on it, but yeah. Um, most people don't see me pull up, but um, you need to get yeah, restore effects in. on one side of your truck and then dent pro on the other, so that way you the right way. Perfect. Like the gas tank, though, you'll always forget which one it is. You're like, son of a <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the point, and it's not, it's not even because it's not because those dealers just liked restore effects better. It's because I presented it to them a different way. I was Today. selling. I wasn't. I didn't have this like, oh, they'll just give me work type of thing. I went and sold them. Drop the pamphlets, did the free demo car. I did free demo cars for my dent company too. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. felt like the same process, but as I'm looking back, I'm like, it's probably not because they're like, this is a cool new product and they make all my stuff look shiny again and they don't see me as a dent guy. So um, right. that's interesting. That's a large thing that I run into a lot when I'm dealing with, you know, new centers that have signed up and new owners is that they, they go in with that mentality and it really is tough for them because they've spent, you know, you guys have spent 20 odd years building your business. You're now just, yeah, I sit in my shop. I pop my dents. I got my dealers. I'm happy. Life's grand, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to start this new business. It's been so long since you were back there scrounging and trying and hustling and making a living. You're like, well, hey, this, this, no wonder people don't do this. This is hard. It sucks. But you have to be willing to bring yourself a couple steps down. It's the number one mistake anybody makes is they try to be hands-on with everything and they assume that they're just going to get business. Never assume you're just going to get business. The best comparison I can think of, and you guys actually know these two, is I've had two gentlemen train the exact same day and I've put them as far as business owners and small business, how they run their businesses. I'd say they're equal. One of them was in PDR. One of them was in spot repair. The spot repair guy is already naturally busier than the PDR guy only because he was already the scratch guy. He was getting called for the damage anyways. So mm -hmm. they're just like, oh, fix it. I don't care how you fix it. Okay, it's 600 bucks. He's charging $600 a car and getting it because they're going, yeah, yeah, just fix it. And he's doing the whole car, right? 
because he was already being called in for that damage. And that's when I realized that is one of the biggest challenges you all are going to have is that you now have to all of a sudden go to these guys that you've built this relationship with and go, wait, hold on. I'm going to go do something totally different now, but I still am going to be your best customer or your best client. And right? Going back to the beginning, I think putting yourself as an equal, like I'm a business owner to them is, yeah. is better than like I'm a dent guy because you could walk in there and be like, check it out new business proposition. Here's why I like it so much. Here's what other dealers are doing. I got my guys doing it at my shop, just like I got my dent guys working for me. If you're in that position, depending on where you are, but like getting back on their level of of equals, like you're not just the dent guy. You're not just the dude that comes out and hammers on all the cars a lot or whatever. Um, You're actually, you're, you're, you're a partner in their Mm -hmm. business. Um, And so that goes back full circle into, into getting yourself more in that position as you grow as you hire another tech, as you grow in business to get on that level, because they're not going to see you as a dead guy. They're going to see you as a guy that owns a reconditioning business that helps solve their problems. That's what you want them to see. That's where I want all my dealership guys to see me as now. I don't care if I walk in a restore effect shirt, clear effect shirt, damn pro shirt, um, hat, whatever. I want them to be like, Oh yeah, that's the guy that makes the cars look better, you know? And that's transition for sure. But, and, and it's, and the hard part is getting back to that constantly selling again because you guys have been away yeah. from it for so long and, and mm-hmm. well-deservedly because you guys are good at what you do. Like you've yep. built that business, you've earned that respect and reputation, but it's hard to bring yourself back down to that level where you're just out there hustling and selling, selling, selling. Everything you got to be doing is about selling yourself again. And it does take about two years of constantly going in there and grinding it out. But after the second year point, that's when you're going to start getting a few phone calls and it's going to become a lot easier for you. Cause now you're just going to be mm. in, integral to their business. You know, like you didn't pick up some PDR tools and walk out there one day and go, I am going to pop a repair on a dealer lot. And Oh, look at that. I'm all of a sudden busy. Now I got, you know, 30 cars a day I'm working on. No, no, no you had to hustle. You had to work. You had to keep, you know, growing and motivating and selling and selling and selling and selling and selling. And that is the key. Right. And I know when I onboarded both you guys, I said, Here's some homework. Nobody ever does it. Go up to somebody and say, just randomly, I'm picking up a coffee and oh yeah, I'm really tired. I just started a new business. People without even thinking go, well, yeah, what do you do? It's ingrained in the human spirit. We have to do it. You know, (laughs) now you have to explain restore effects, get comfortable explaining restore effects, get used to using terminology. So the last thing you want to do is be sitting there going, well, it's kind of like polish, but not like I'm a bit like body shot. Like you got to, 30 second window, make it clear. So those four challenges I gave you have a pitch that addresses all four of them right off the bat. And one of the first things, one of the first things you can say to sort of slow down the conversation is exactly what I said at the beginning. I'm not here to do all your cars. Most of them don't need us. That's going to make them stop and go, wait, what? Disarm. Disarm them. It's going to take all of their weapons and put them on the ground. And then they're actually listening. What's your 30 second elevator pitch? My 30. Yeah, you wanted to play oh, the that's game. That's a great dude. question. So, yeah, right. What is your, because I would love to know because mine's terrible, I'm sure. So, all right. So, you're going to, we're going to role play here, are we? Yeah, go ahead. Yep. All I'm right. at the coffee so shop. Who's going to, oh, you're going to be at the coffee shop? Absolutely. Yeah, Ryan hey, got put on the spot earlier. So, <laughs> hey, Corey, nice to meet you. My name's Ryan. I own Restore Effects. Cool. Have you heard of it? Have well, you heard, never of heard of, No, never heard of that. What's that? Ah, cool, man. Well, you we're like, actually like part of houses or something. 
Uh, we're the like newest mold, location mold in the area for automotive vehicles. And what we do is imagine being able to put a new layer of clear coat over your entire vehicle without having to paint it, remove the gaskets or sand it or anything like that. It never looks like it's repainted. Everything stays original. But all that damage that you've been looking at and all that hazy, swirly, shiny and roughness, it's gone permanently. We guarantee it for life to never peel, fade, discolor or delaminate. There's never an issue. You call back. We're actually adding 10 microns of new clear coat to your vehicle. So imagine how powerful that is to fix it. Here's the great news. 24-hour turnaround time. You're not even going to be without your car for more than a day. Dude. Oh, that's good. That's I don't, really have, so I don't good. have any other questions. That's so questions. good. Where do I go to sign yeah. up? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. That's what I mean. Take. I guess like, the only question what is like. Objectives are. The only question, and the way you said it too, like even me, I sell this stuff. I'm like, damn, this sounds kind of expensive, to be honest with you. Yeah. But then, like, well, to my next question is like, yeah, how much is that? And it's like, well, that's you know, fantastic. seven, eight, nine hundred, a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be seven hundred dollars. But tell you what, Corey, you're a nice guy. You know, we've always get along. I'm, your headlights are a little foggy. I'm going to throw those in for you, and I'm going to take care of the touch-ups as well. Normally, that's like two hundred and fifty bucks extra, but your car is not that bad. You always want to so, tell somebody their car's not that bad because they got a story for every scratch. You'd be like, oh, this isn't that bad. You should have seen this one I had last time. Even if it's the biggest pile of crap you've ever seen, lie. No, I, no, this is a bad, oh, don't, don't worry. You know, that's not your fault. You know, these car washes at the Husky, they tell you they're good for it. They're not, you know, don't go to touchless car washes. That's like spraying yourself with Axe body spray and standing in front of a fire hydrant going, look, I showered. You know, don't do that. <laughs> it's like no man it's worse you're better off just wash it leave the car dirty you're safer leave the car so leave the car dirty you're safer that's good uh so, i mean you gotta you gotta end on that dude yeah well it's, um, it's one of the things, i had a whole right? list of things i wanted to get to but we got to none of them so you're all welcome for that I, i'm having a feeling uh, people that listen and mentioned it down in the comment section if you want follow-ups if you want more information post up some questions that you want answered and i think we should do this again in a couple months yeah. what do you think yeah yeah no that was great perfect uh, i learned I, I personally learned a lot i know if i learned a lot i know those guys out there um that that were taking notes too i i took a lot of notes i usually don't take that many notes on podcasts <laughs> I've, done a, I've done 150 podcasts um i learned a lot and now i'm probably going to call you more often ryan so i'm i hey, feel bad that i have it i feel bad that i have it more like i feel hey, like there's so many of you time. out there you guys got my phone number if you don't reach out yeah. to alex or nick and if there's anybody that's sort of on the fence, or even if you're not part of RestoreFacts and you just want to be like, you know what, I really listen. Can you explain more about this? Give me a call. Give yeah. me a call or and email me. Yeah, You're doing and yourself a disservice Ryan, by not calling Ryan, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I think Ryan Brewer and I, like we've people like, we have a podcast now, we're sponsored by RestoreFX. We're basically kind of switching off. RestoreFX kind of podcast and then a non-RestoreFX. We just had Matt Moore on, I think was the last one. And then we have, we have... Other, we have other people coming on. It's not all Restore Effects kind of flip-flopping back and forth. But people, yeah. I think, kind of, we've had it mentioned a couple of times, like, we're kind of fanboys of Restore Effects. Um, but this is why. is because, like, all the people that work at Restore Effects are the caliber of, like, Ryan K. In their, in their own way. Like, if I, I... Literally, the amount of times I had an issue applying to a car and I would send a picture or a video or something to Alex and he had the answer every time is, like, crazy. Like, everyone has mm -hmm. their own... This is why this is why when people look at us like oh, these guys like talk about restore effects a lot um, is because it's I, we're just impressed. So yeah. kudos to you and all the other you know people that you know Alex and all the guys that started it and everything because every time we talk to one of you guys 
whether it's on a podcast or separately, like it, or impressed. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to say it. Do you agree, Brewer? I mean, that's the thing, right? It's just that is, it's, that's it. I'm yeah. It's very it's pretty hard to impress me now with the in this industry. Yeah. Um, and I was impressed the first time I saw the product. So yeah. And I mean, well, the guys that and, chose to host their podcast too. I mean, it's yeah. everybody well, they pick is just. We 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 had a, a very limited budget with that, but we're grateful. We <laughs> <laughs> but it's just look at this way. You found the, the, you found the lead you, eyes. You you host the podcast because you want to help other people, right? You you like yes. training them, and this is the way to reach the most possible as quick as possible. It, all this knowledge is doing me no benefit at all on my own, except for running my own center. I love taking it. And like, just even the way, you know, Ryan's eyes were lighting up as I was saying certain things, and it's going to shift how you look at your entire business core. that little stuff that I love doing that. It's, I absolutely love it. People don't, if I start talking about it, my wife's sick of hearing it. I need other people to listen because she's like, Oh God, not this again. Right. So I need other people to listen. So call me so I can share it. I got it all. I want to, I understand the dealership from front to back. I'm still in touch with all the news. I'm NADA. I have like five friends, NADA trained three dealer principal owners. Like I just, I'm always in contact with everybody and I love the industry. If you have any questions, please email me, reach out. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. That's great. No, it's a pleasure guys. Thank you for listening to the masters of recon podcast. If you got any value from the show, then please subscribe and share the show to your favorite social media platforms.